If you have your Bibles, turn over to Matthew. We're going to be reading out of chapter 25 tonight. going to kind of, in some ways, pick up or continue with some of the thoughts we were talking about this morning, but we're going to go in a little bit different direction. For those of you that were here, you'll understand. The other, everybody else, you might as well just sit and have a smile on your face because you don't have a clue of what I'm talking about. But <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke. You can laugh. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, we're going to start in chapter 25. Uh, verse 14, this is the parable of the talents, and bear with me because I want to read this whole thing so that we understand it all. Some of us may not have heard it before, but I titled the message tonight, Though the Workers Are Few. And you know, we were talking this morning about this army that God is going to raise up and that uh, Sometimes it feels like, you know, we're, we're ready to go and do these things. We're ready to go on and attack and do what God wants us to do, but He's telling us to be patient and wait until the right people are in the right place. And, and so let's, let's just uh, go ahead and begin reading in verse 14 of chapter 25. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods, And unto one he gave five talents, to another a two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability. And straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of of thy Lord." He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo there that thou hast that, lo there that thou hast, that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I strawed, where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money in the, to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. 
and cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the thought that God gave me uh, last night as I was praying and studying was though the workers are few, the crops are ripe for the harvest. And you know, we're, we're trying to build a workforce here. Um, when you look at this parable, you'll see that, that the Master gave these servants the, they call them talents. But one thing that I misunderstood when I had read this before was that it, this wasn't something He gave them to uh, charge over to take care of. This was something He gave them. And you see that the two first two servants took the thing He gave them and did something with it. So when they came back, they weren't just saying, here's the money you gave us and we made more money with it. He was saying, look at what you gave us and what we've done. Now the last servant, he misinterpreted. He not only misinterpreted out of ignorance, but he misinterpreted because he didn't know his master like he thought he did. Now I want to reread this one verse to you. See what verse is uh verse twenty four. He says, Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Now he said, I know you're a hard man, but I want y'all to remember that this parable is the master is compared to God. Now, my God is not the way this servant described Him. My God is gracious. He's generous. The Word tells us that He will give to you exceedingly and abundantly above what you can ask or think. Now, where is the problem? The problem lies with this person's thought of what his master was like. Now, I'm sure all of y'all can think of somebody when I tell you what I'm about to tell you, but have y'all ever met somebody that always seemed like it's never their fault? Have y'all ever met somebody that always has a problem with their boss? And their problem really is that they're not willing to admit their own shortcomings. They're, they want to put the blame off on somebody else when they haven't done their part. Now, I've, I have a feeling that that's how this third servant was. He's one of those kind of people that, number one, is lazy. Number two, he, he is afraid that if he steps out a little bit and does something wrong, people are going to see him for what he is. They're going to see his, his uh, inadequacies and, and somehow blame him. So instead of actually stepping out and doing something, he's going to put the blame on his boss, the people that have charge over him. <clears throat> this, uh, 
I started telling you this earlier and I kind of went a different direction, but that's okay. Uh, we're building a workforce. Uh, we're, we're trying to get people that... You know, when I pray every time, I, I usually come over here Saturday night and I just I spend some time seeking God and, and praying and, and waiting for Him to deliver the Word to me that I'm going to deliver to you. Now, in the process of doing that, God has kind of showed me that there are certain people that need to be in certain places. Now, I'm not talking to you about specific people tonight because He doesn't tell me that. He's, but I'm, I'm trying to hurry God along. I'm trying to say, God, come on, let's, what, what is the hold up? Let's, let's do something. But God showed me that I need to be patient. I need to, I need to wait because the workforce has not been built yet. You know, when you look at uh, people that, you know, a farmer or a rancher, they they hire people to come help them because that one man can't do it all on his own. <clears throat> but he's not hiring people to just come watch his crops grow to make sure nobody comes and gets them. That's not the only reason he hires people. Now, he may hire people for that reason, but I guarantee you he's got another purpose. His intent when everything is said and done is to harvest that crop. Now, y'all listen. When, as we're building this workforce, there's certain things that have to take place. When you're going to grow a crop you've got to have seed you've got to fertilize we've talked about this before when you plant those seeds you've got to water them and it takes time there's got to be people to do that what is that seed and fertilize that seed and fertilize is our preparation in the word that seed and fertilize is is the time for us to be preparing for what God has us to do. Now there's another step I want to talk to you about. And we're right now we're kind of in between these steps. God also told me that the crops are getting right for the harvest. Now, he didn't tell me they're they're ready. That means if they were ready, it'd be time for us to go. It'd be time for us to go on and do what He put us here to do. So we're kind of in between getting everything together and actually getting ready to go harvest. Now, that's important because during that time, this is our time. Just like I told you this morning, this is our time to... Be getting ready. Because when the time comes to harvest, when when the right time comes and a farmer says, okay, it's time to go pick all that stuff we've been working so hard for. It's time to get out there and begin to harvest the fruits of our labor. I don't know about y'all, but when certain certain fruits, certain things are ready, you better get them quick. There, there's a certain time. You have a small interval, a small window of time to harvest some of those crops. Now, if we wait till that time to think, oh, it's, it's time. We, we better start finding somebody to...
come and harvest these crops for us. You ain't got time for that. Because they're not ready. They, they don't understand what it means to handle vegetables and fruit. They don't understand what it means to, to go about their master's business because they have no loyalty to Him. Now understand that for a minute. You know, when I first start working at a place, I don't know anybody. I don't know what they expect of me. I don't know exactly what is expected of me in my job position. But after I've been there a while and I've spent some time working with those people and my boss and in that position, I know what is expected of me. I know who I can count on and who I can't. And that's what I mean by that loyalty. We can't wait till the last minute to make sure that all of you guys are in line with what we're teaching and what's being preached and and what our vision is. So we need to be about His business now. This one worker took his one little talent and hid it. That's the same thing as us getting saved and never being fruitful. It's the same thing as us just being so selfish that we receive salvation ourselves and then we just sit down and wait for our time to go to heaven. We're not concerned about anybody else. This unprofitable servant, you heard what happened to him at the end. He said, you're going to be cast into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I would whole lot rather be on the other side where he says, come and enter into my rest. The, you know, you're going to enter into the joy of your Lord. You know, we can, we can go about our Christian life a lot of ways. We can determine that we're going to do something. We're going to stand up. We're going to be active for God. We're going to be looking for that harvest to go and reap and pull all in all the things, all the fruits of the labor. Or we can be looking out for ourselves. You know, there's a lot of people not here tonight. There's a lot of people not here on most Sunday nights. I don't know what their reasons are. There may be some people that have valid reasons. I know Brother Earl, not Earl Hester, but Earl Durrett, he would be here tonight if he wasn't working. I know he would be because he's been many times. But there are some people that just ain't going to come to church Sunday night. There's some people that just have better things to do. But you know, I'm not here to lay a guilt trip on anybody tonight about not attending church regularly, but what I'm saying is that speaks to your level of commitment. That tells us something about how you how important you feel God is in your life. You know, God... 
I want you all to look back at these two profitable servants. Like I told you, this this uh, talents that, they, that He gave them, He gave them. You can look at that in a lot of ways, but the one thing that God revealed to me was that this was something He gave them and it was left up to them to do with it what they wanted to. He didn't instruct them in anything. He didn't tell them, this is what you have to do. He just said, here, take this. He saw their level of abilities. He saw what they were capable of and He gave them what He thought would best suit their needs. You know, the gifts of the Spirit are in a lot of ways equivalent to that. It's something that God entrusts us with. He gives it to us freely. You know, that is something we can use or we can't. We can just let it sit there and die. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up those gifts that are in you. Stir them up like a fire is what he was talking about. He said to keep it stirred up. Now, if you're keeping something stirred up, you're probably using it. I don't know anybody that goes out and builds a fire just to have a fire burning. They're either it's either because they want to cook something, they want to have some heat, or whatever. Nobody just goes and builds a fire to look at a fire. There's a reason why you do it. And if you go build a fire and you keep it stirred up, it's because you intend to continue using it. And those spiritual gifts, the way the Holy Spirit deals with us is the same way. If you ain't using it, if, if you have no intention of, of going deeper with God, like I've told you before, He ain't going to twist your arm. He ain't going to move upon you stronger than you want Him to. He is not going to force His hand with you. He will only be as close as you want Him to be. The Word says, draw nigh unto God and He will draw nigh unto you. It's a, it's a two-step process. You've got, you've got to come close to Him first. He will never come closer to you than you want Him. It seems like we kind of went a different direction tonight than I really originally thought it was going to, but I know it was for a purpose. But you know, we've talked a lot lately about what God wants to do with us, how He wants to use us, and what our part of that is. I think we just need to, you know, I don't know. Sometimes, it seems like in my own life sometimes that I struggle with. I struggle with not, I don't want to overstep my bounds with God. Now, I'm just going to be open and honest with y'all. I'm, there, there are times that I feel like I know exactly what it is God wants me to do, and there's other times that I don't. And it feels like those times I don't, I'm gun-shy. Have y'all ever shot a 
12-gauge shotgun or, or something really big and it kind of kicked you and hurt. And the next time you went to shoot it, you weren't quite so so apt to want to pull that trigger. Well, you know, that's how I am with God sometimes. When God begins to deal with me about something that I know that's what God wants and I, I feel Him moving so strong, I don't have any, any hesitation. But there's so many times that God kind of just let you dangle for a little while. He's going to see what you want to do or what, you, what you're going to do. And those kind of times, you know, I don't ever want to be outside the will of, will of God. And that's kind of how I feel things are going right now. And, and God, that's why I'm preaching these messages to you because I want you to know that I've been thinking those kind of things. I've been... There's been a turmoil inside of me of should we be doing something we're not doing? Are we sitting here and and doing nothing when we ought to be doing something else? But God showed me that we're we're not. So if if you've had any any uh I don't know, I can't even think of a word right now, but if, if you've had a difficult time with that, I want you to be encouraged tonight. I want you to know that God's preparing His people for the right time. There's, Like I said this morning, there's a time for everything. This is a time of preparation. Now, if you're not preparing, you better start. This is the time, this is your time to to take care of things that you need to take care of. If you feel like you're not close as close to God as you ought to be, then maybe you need to work on that. If you feel like you are not adequately prepared to step out and start witnessing to some people, then you need to work on that. If you don't know the Word like you should, you need to get in the Word. Because there's a time coming that you won't have time to prepare. The Word tells us that we should be a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. Now what does that mean? I used to think that meant properly understanding. But that's not what that means. Rightly dividing means you know the Word well enough that you know what Scripture to give to somebody when they need it. You know how to properly divide it and give it to people. That's important. Now I told y'all a week or so ago that there's times when I've talked to people and I felt like I really should have something to say to them. But I didn't. There's times that you just need to keep your mouth shut. But there's times when you know the Word and that Scripture comes back to your remembrance. Because you know it well enough, you know that is the Scripture I need to give this person to encourage them. Now, if I were to tell somebody a Scripture that had nothing to do with their situation, what is that going to do? That ain't going to do them any good. The, The Word of God does not just help somebody because it's the Word of God. The Word of God helps people because His Word is alive. Because it can apply to to every situation today just like it did when it was originally written. 
Because it meant something then, and it still means something now. That's why the Word of God can can tear down walls in people's hearts. Why it can soften their hearts. Why when you speak the Word of God, the Holy Spirit can move upon them. Because you're full of something. You've got something that can flow over to them. But if you give them something that was not meant for them, that was not meant for the time and the, and the place that you're in, you're not that workman that needeth not be ashamed. You need to be ashamed because you just gave them something that had nothing to do with their situation. You didn't help them any more than where they already were before you got there. Now Paul told us, and I've read this Scripture to you all a week or two ago, Paul told us that we should be ready at all times to give a reason for that hope that lies within us. I'm sorry it wasn't Paul, it was Peter. Now if you try to give somebody a reason for that hope, and it doesn't make any sense to anybody, you just failed. You didn't give them a reason for that hope. So like I said, this is a time of preparation. We need to be... You know, if you're not reading the Bible on a regular basis, and I'm going to be honest, I, I fall short a lot of times. There's many times during the week that a couple days may go by and I don't open the Bible. And I'm ashamed of that. But if you're not reading it on a regular basis, you need to be. I know things come up. I know, I'm not one of these people that's going to tell you that you need to give a tenth of your time to God. I don't see that in the Bible anywhere. If you do, show me and I'll, I'll fall in line. But what I do know is that that time spent reading the Word is not... It should not be a grudgery to you. Now what do I mean by that? That time spent in the Word of God is not like sitting in social studies class or sitting in math class. This this is time where you are getting to know your Creator. This is time where you are being instructed in what God's character is. Is like so. Let me tell you something. When somebody walks up to you and says, "I believe God laid on my heart that you ought to come and teach Sunday school, sister," you'll know right away. The Spirit of God will raise up in you and say, "Yeah, I told him that." But let me tell you something. If you don't know God, if you don't know what God's character is like, and somebody walks up to you and says, I think God told me you need to be a missionary to Mexico. How are you going to know what the voice of God sounds like if you don't even know what His character is like? 